The Lord is my shepherd. So begins what is quite possibly one of the most well-known and beloved bits of Scripture. Psalm 23, with its promises of God's presence, with its promises of God's protection, with its promises of God's provision, has always been incredibly powerful, incredibly encouraging, and incredibly reassuring. If you look at Psalm 23, most of our English translations will say, Lord, but Lord will be in all caps. That is the way our English translations translate, represent the the personal covenant name of God that he reveals in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, Yahweh. When David writes Psalm 23, he is literally saying by God's personal covenant name, Yahweh is my shepherd. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of Moses, the God of the Exodus is my shepherd. Think about that just just for a moment. Think about how powerful it is in our own lives. Psalm 23 is probably, uh, I know that it is, the only psalm that I can say correctly from heart by memory, right? And I get to say it in the King James English because that's the way I originally memorized it. Some of you shaking your heads. I can't clearly articulate how beloved the psalm was in the days of Jesus. But I imagine that in the days of Jesus, because of its connection to King David and because of the content of the promises of God, I imagine that it was just as beloved then as it is now. As powerful as the psalm and its imagery were when David wrote it. As as God works through his people Israel in what we call the Old Testament, that psalm itself, that idea of the Lord, Yahweh, being the shepherd, I think had to have become even more powerful because in Isaiah chapter 40, God proclaims, Behold, the Lord God comes with might. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. In the midst of the the, the valley of the shadow of death that the people of Israel were going through, in the midst of their hard times, they remember Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, and God promises, reminds them that he will come and tend his flock. And this psalm, I think, had to become even more meaningful when the words of the prophet Isaiah were proclaimed to the people of Israel in Exodus, in Babylon. Talk about a dark night of the soul. Talk about a valley of the shadow of death. Exiled from the promised land, the city of Jerusalem destroyed in an idolatrous and pagan nation. Crying out, where are you, God? God says to his people Israel through Ezekiel the prophet, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. The presence, the protection, the provision that David declared in Psalm 23, God promised to give and complete in Isaiah and Ezekiel. And I wonder, 
I wonder as we read John chapter 10 and Jesus stands before the crowd, I wonder were these things on Jesus' mind when he proclaimed, I am the good shepherd? And I wonder if this was on the mind of those who heard Jesus declare, I am the good shepherd. When Jesus proclaims himself to be the door for the sheep, when he proclaims himself to be the good shepherd who lays down his life and takes it back up again, Jesus is declaring himself to be the fulfillment of the promises from Psalm 23, the fulfillment of God's promise in Ezekiel chapter 34. So let's look at those promises and let's look to see and understand Jesus the good shepherd, and I pray today that we are overwhelmed by his grace. In Psalm 23, David declared Yahweh to be his shepherd, and I think in that those verses, there's really three things that come with the shepherding of Yahweh, the triune God. First, we recognize that with God as shepherd, there is life, there is provision. Sheep, as we know from uh, farming, uh, sheep need green pastures, and sheep need still waters. And as we know from farming, as we know from biology, sheep are not very bright. (laughs) They have a tendency of not being able to find green pastures and still waters left to their own devices. Notice what David says in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He leads me to life. He leads the sheep to life because he leads the sheep to green pastures, to still waters, to places of abundance, of super abundance. He leads his sheep down paths of righteousness, down living in the way in which he declares is good and right, is holy. We see that even after the valley of the shadow of death, a table is prepared even in the face of enemies where there is a cup overflowing. All of these are are bits of provision, super abundant provision that comes from God the shepherd. And all of these things are expressions of God the shepherd providing all that is necessary for life. There is nothing lacking. David doesn't write, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in quasi-green pastures and sort of still waters. God gives everything that's necessary for true life. Second, we recognize that not only does God provide for life, but God the shepherd provides protection. God the shepherd is an ever-present help in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes if we listen to popular television evangelists, we think that, uh, that, that, that God leads us around the valley of the shadow of death, but that's not what David writes. David writes, even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Why? Because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It isn't about us avoiding trouble or avoiding sickness or cancer. It isn't about us avoiding what uh, the, the American dream Dusty Rhodes would call hard times. It is about God being with us in the midst of those things. It's about God being with us as shepherd, providing protection. Because while those things may destroy the body, they cannot touch the soul. 
And for those who God, for those for whom God is shepherd, they have his presence and protection. They have his rod and his staff for comfort. So we see that, that God provides all that's necessary for life. We see that God protects. And we see that God gives these things through his very presence. Running throughout the course of the psalm, of Psalm 23, is the understanding that God is a very present shepherd. He's not far removed. He's not disinterested. He's not at home on his lazy boy with his feet kicked up watching NASCAR. He is with you in the midst. Because he's present then, all that's necessary for life is given. Because he's present then, protection comes. It is God who gives the blessing of a table oil in a cup. And ultimately, it's in God's house in which David, the sheep, will dwell forever. The very presence of God that brings provision and life, protection, and eternal blessing. And I wonder, when Jesus stood before this crowd in Jerusalem, when he said, I am the good shepherd, I wonder if these things were on his mind. And I wonder if this was on the mind of those who heard Jesus declare, I am the good shepherd. In Ezekiel chapter 34, the Lord God was not pleased with his shepherds, the leaders of his people, Israel. And in that chapter of Ezekiel's prophecies, the Lord doesn't take very long to get to the point when he declares, I am against the shepherds of Israel. He's against them because these leaders of Israel, these shepherds, have been fleecing the flock rather than caring for them. They've been feeding themselves rather than feeding the sheep. They've not strengthened the weak, nor have they healed the sick, nor have they bound up the injured, nor have they sought the stray, nor have they found the lost. And so God says, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and will put a stop to their feeding and uh, feeding their sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. And listen to the great kindness, mercy, compassion, dare I say, grace of God when he says this in Ezekiel 34. I will rescue. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. And he promises in the following verses, I will search for my sheep. I will rescue. I will gather. I will feed. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. What marvelous mercy. What unspeakable grace. What incomparable glory. And then, if that wasn't enough, the Lord comes to his conclusion in Ezekiel 34, I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. There's a connection between this, this shepherd, servant David, and God being the shepherd. Now God is providing his presence, his, his protection, and his provision for life through his chosen servant, David, to be the shepherd. And so that it can be said that the shepherd, David, is God's presence himself. And that ought to set off some alarm bells in our minds. And I wonder, were these things on Jesus' mind when he proclaimed, I am the good shepherd? I wonder if this was on the mind of those who heard Jesus declare, I am the good shepherd. You see, when 
Jesus declares himself to be the good shepherd, when Jesus declares himself to be the door for the sheep into God's fold, he's declaring himself to be the one promised by God in Ezekiel 34, the, the shepherd David. He is declaring that he is the one who will bring about the provision, the protection, and the presence of God that's promised in Psalm 23. And it's not just a coincidence that, that Jesus' declaration, I am the door of the sheep and I am the good shepherd, it's not a coincidence that it comes where it does within John's gospel narrative. Because in John chapter 9, we see shepherds of the people Israel abuse a sheep. The man born blind was encountered by Jesus, was healed by Jesus. And when he held fast to his faithful testimony about Jesus, the Pharisees and the synagogue leaders kicked him out. They exiled him, excommunicated him. And now Jesus calls them out. You've abused the sheep. I am the good shepherd. You who have come before me are nothing but thieves and robbers. You snuck over the wall, not through the door. You brought only death. I am the good shepherd. I am the one who comes to give life and to give it abundantly. Do we hear the echoes of green pastures and still waters? Do we hear the echoes of the provision of life and abundance? This deliverance, this salvation, this life that is provided for by God as promised in Psalm 23 confirmed in Ezekiel 34, pointed towards in John chapter 10, is found as Jesus is crucified and as Jesus is raised from the dead. Life is found only in Jesus' name, which is why he says, I am the door of the sheep, the only door for the sheep. This deliverance, this salvation is found only through Jesus Christ. For a sheep, green pastures and good water is life, and for a sinner... The provision of Christ is life. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says in verse 11. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus proclaims himself to be the one God had promised. He's not a stranger. He's not a hired hand. He is the shepherd who stands in the face of the wolf, who does battle with evil, even at the cost of his own life. And so now, in the midst of our valley of the shadow of death, even now in the midst of what we would call hard times, even now we know that God is with us and that for those who are within God's flock through Jesus Christ, evil cannot touch them permanently, eternally. Because Jesus has defanged, Jesus has declawed, Jesus has neutered evil. Jesus does this upon the cross as evil pours out its worst upon him as he bears the sins of the world. And then he goes ahead and he kicks down the door of hell and walks out uh, of the tomb uh, with emerging victorious, uh, as he says, the keys of hell in his hand. And so in the midst of our hard times, Jesus, the shepherd, is with us. And that which is in front of us cannot really hurt us, even if it kills us, because Jesus is the one who gives life. In a few more verses in John chapter 10, I love this. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. What grace is this? What marvelous, infinite, glorious grace is this that protection is in Jesus? 
And we are assured that in the hand of the shepherd, there is safety. No one can snatch us out of his hand. Even a deep valley that we say feels like death, even in the hard time that we face, Jesus is with us. His presence gives us protection. What grace. What astounding promises. What marvelous, infinite, glorious grace. That Jesus would say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Jesus identifies himself as the promised shepherd who gives the provision of life. Who gives protection in the very presence of God through himself. What grace. What marvelous, glorious, infinite grace. There's one more thing to be said here. There's one more thing, there's one more verse to which we should all respond hallelujah. When Jesus in verse 16 says, I have other sheep that are not of this fold. We all have to say hallelujah because in the original context, Jesus is talking to people of Israel, talking to people of the line of Abraham. And he's saying to them, there are non-Jewish folks who are going to be part of my fold. Thank you. Thank you. That's really good news for people like me who are quasi-Scotch-Irish Heinz 57 Americans, right? Really great news that, that Jesus will be good shepherd, will give life and provision and protection and abundance, the presence of God to those even who are not of the line of Abraham. Praise God that Jesus is, as God is, a seeking, searching, rescuing good shepherd. This is not some hippy-dippy baloney about everyone belonging to Jesus' sheep, regardless of knowing him and believing in him. No, this has everything to do with Jesus. And by extension, Jesus' people doing what God said he would do in Ezekiel 34, that he would search, he would seek, he would rescue, he would gather, he would feed lost sheep. What grace is this? What astounding promises, what marvelous, infinite, glorious grace that Jesus would extend his search and rescue mission to Gentiles, people like you and me, and then having rescued us, send us out to be rescuers. What marvelous, infinite, and glorious grace. And what a mission Jesus has given to his church to participate in his mission of rescuing. God's promises of his presence, God's promises of his protection, God's promises of his provision are made ours in, through, and by Jesus Christ, the door and the good shepherd. And he is the one to whom we are called to point. He is the one to whom we are called to proclaim, to adore, to worship, and praise. What overwhelming grace that is to bubble up, over, and out. Every church has been given the privilege and responsibility to be a part of Jesus' urgent mission to make disciples. And every believer has been given the privilege and responsibility to be a part of Jesus' urgent mission to make disciples, to bring lost sheep into the fold and into the presence, provision, and protection of God. Here at Emmanuel, we've, begin to, we've begun to talk about it in these terms, blessing people with gospel-centered ministries that they may believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior and join us in building his kingdom. God's heart is for lost sheep, 
Jesus is the door and the shepherd who gives us overwhelming, superabundant, marvelous, infinite, glorious grace. He makes those who are lost found. He makes those who are of another fold of his fold. He calls his sheep by name, and his sheep hear his voice. There is only one good shepherd. There is only one in whom there is God's presence, God's provision, and God's protection. And he is Jesus. Amen. I've said this to you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.